yo, yo, yo. You listen to the Half Right Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Half Right Podcast. I am one third of this hosting trio, Lakia, joined by Fonz and Max Power. How's everyone doing tonight? Great. Everybody's doing good. Ready to talk some wrestling. Yes. Yes. Okay. So first up on the agenda, getting right into it, is Survivor Series. Alfonso and I were actually at Survivor Series, went to Barclay. It wasn't too crazy getting over there or getting out. It lasted longer than I thought that it would. We had amazing seats out of all the big pay-per-views that we've gone to. This would have to be the best seating arrangement that we had. So shout out to me for finding those tickets. But what were your overall thoughts on being there at Survivor Series, Alfonso? Um, my first thought is that you might have um, road rage. <laughs> um, but beside that, if we're going to talk about the show, you know, my big sister, you, you hooked us up with some great seats, like, probably the closest we've ever been to the action. Um, but, you know, it, I mean, it's nothing like going to a WWE event. Um, I thought the matches were solid. I thought the crowd was more entertaining than the show because <laughs> nothing's like a New York crowd. like Nothing a like crowd. it. Like, nothing so like, rowdy. Like, rowdy just... We saw uh, fake Roman Reigns. He had a Paul um, Heyman and a Uso with him. He had the tattoo and everything. There was an obnoxious fan behind us screaming because there were three guys in front of us and they had to stand during all the entrances as if he couldn't zoom in. He's standing and he's recording it. And then the girl behind Alfonso's like, in the front, sit the fuck down. What the fuck? And Alfonso turned around and told her, like, I'm standing up because this dude, and I mean, this dude, he was not a small guy. No shade to the big and tall community, but he was not a small yeah, guy. No he was big, but I mean, he and he's standing up with his phone the whole entire entrance. But where he was sitting, it's not like he couldn't zoom in with his phone. Like, standing and sitting wasn't going to do anything different with the quality of the video that you were getting. So she was being obnoxious. And another guy behind, it's... I don't know what they were drinking that night, but they were very much into it in a different kind of way with their commentary. It was it was hey, different. Hey, if she, she would have yelled at me one more time, her boyfriend would have got a Brooklyn ass whooping. Okay, listen, the man in front of us, he didn't have to stand up, but he paid his money for those seats, so he only stood up doing the entrances. So me personally, I wasn't that annoyed. And. It, it, then there were the two little kids that were in front of us, so geeked and so excited to be there. One of them's like, what the hell? What? Come on, Ruff, do you have eyes? And then they started saying some other stuff, and he looked over at his dad like, can I say that? And his dad was looking at him like, no, you can't say that. But he was over here saying, what the hell, Ruff? He had to be it about was, like nine was, or ten years was, old. Um, I think it was, um, I think Shit was in one of the chants. Okay. Or something, and he kind of like glanced over at his dad. dad, (laughs) You better not say that. Um, Nine year old me could probably relate to something like that happen. 
I might have just tried to see if I could get away with it. I might have not even tried to look at my father. Yeah. But overall, good energy in the crowd, amazing seats. We could see the interests because when we went to WrestleMania, that's one thing we couldn't see with the angle in which we were sitting. We couldn't see anything as far as the entrances. We had a good view of the action. Yes, great view of the action, but not the entrances. And I like the whole package, so amazing seats. Now, we gave our predictions in the last episode, and we have a winner. Oh, whose predictions <laughs> were right? Okay, so quickly going over it, when it comes to the Raw Tag Team Championship with RK Bro versus the Usos, both of you get a point for that because you both said RK Bro. And shout out to Randy for setting the WWE record for most pay-per-view matches with 177. That's crazy. Gross. And then the United States Championship match, which I which was on the pre-show, which I expected it to be, they should have put that stupid ass battle royal and the egg shit and Vince McMahon. Be- anyway, that was a disqualification. We all said Damian Priest, but nobody gets that point because it ended in a DQ, which gives Shinsuke the win. When it comes to the Raw Women's Championship, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte, Raw Women's Champion versus SmackDown Women's Champion, Becky beat Charlotte. And it wasn't a clean win, but it was a win. So you both get a point for that. Bounce. Clap it up for that. And then we get to the WWE Champion versus the Universal Champion where you both said Big E and I said Roman. So point for me. So right now you guys are, you know, you each have two. And I have one. And then we get to the men's Survivor Series elimination match. Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. We all said Team Raw. And Alfonso, you were right. On the sole survivor being Seth Rollins, you were right. And then we get to the... So that gets everybody a point. So now you and Max over here are tied. But... The tiebreaker happens to be the women's five-on-five match, which was Team Raw versus Team SmackDown, and Team Raw won with Bianca Belair being the sole survivor. So four to three, he edged you by one point. So... You're the winner. It's all because I had faith in Sasha. You okay? did. You did have faith in Sasha. That is true. Next time, I won't predict with my heart. Yes. Same thing with you, Biggie. Sasha <laughs> and Biggie, you let me down, and you let your respective brands down. And now, you allow Max Powers to beat me 4-3. to three, Okay? So that's on you, Biggie, and you, Sasha Banks. Last time, I'll bet on your fucking asses. <laughs> Fun fact, Alfonso don't like to lose. <laughs> he don't like to lose. Okay, what was your favorite match, though? Um, You know, um, I'm thinking, but I'm going to go with probably Charlotte and Becky. Mm-hmm. It, was, it wasn't a clean finish, but I feel like they were real entertaining. They kicked off the main show. And I feel like that's when you're most energetic because by the main event, I don't know if it was because I was disappointed the Rock didn't show up or was if it was the four cut waters I had before the show, but your boy was ready to knock out, you know? So I'm going to go with Charlotte and Becky. Did you have a favorite match? 
No, I hated the whole thing. <laughs> Seriously, though, you got you to gotta pick one. Oh, okay. Uh, the match that I really liked was me and that plate of food I had that day. Ooh, Lord, child. A wrestling match. I wrestled that match. Uh, shit, if I can remember, I will be telling you. But I know I beat that motherfucker up. But no, the most entertaining match of that night was the Roman and Big E one because I'm a Roman hater, okay? <laughs> this much of a Roman hater, okay? It's not yeah. really hate, but Big E's a new champ, and I just wanted to see him show his dominancy and kick Roman's ass. But it ain't happened, so it was entertaining nonetheless. It had me on the edge of my seat. So shouts out to Big E and Roman for a great match. Um, I'm a Roman lover, hence the Bloodline shirt that I brought at Survivor Series. It's a fake shirt. She, she it's, made it. It's a real one. She, Alfonso was there when I bought it. I'll please defend. But I feel like the Biggie and Roman match wasn't as entertaining as I was expecting it to be. By the time that match rolled around, it was past 11 o'clock. I was expecting it to end earlier. The show also, there was issues with the audio in the beginning of the show where we couldn't hear all the entrances and... Then there was a whole lot of vignettes in between, more vignettes than I ever recall being at any type of pay-per-view. And that's because the match card was so short, which is why they put that stupid battle royal in the mix because they didn't have anything else. So I would have to, I would have to say that the most entertaining match for me, the match was good between Roman and Big E. The match was good with Charlotte and Becky, but that RKO out of nowhere on Uso I got to give it to RK Bros versus the Usos for my favorite match. Bro. That's I my really best enjoyed, match. I really enjoyed both the women's matches, though, because I like the um, five-on-five women's matches. Well. That was good, too. And Bobby Lashley. Shout out to Bobby Lashley and whoever oiled him before that match because you could see his muscles from where we were sitting. Shout out to Bobby's. I mean, Oil I don't think it's hard to see Bobby Lashley's muscles. No, but I mean, they were so... Prominent, like you could see them from a mile away. He was so oiled up. Shout out to Bobby. He I'm happy that. that you like Bobby's muscles and his oil. And Jeff Hardy, maybe Jeff Hardy's getting a push because he made it pretty far in the match. Yes, I was very happy to see that. And his broken skull session, which we watched with Stone Cold, it was a good one. He's very, very creative, very into the <sighs> arts. So shout out to. Jeff Hardy. So very, he was very into um some other things too. He did admit that and he's been on the road to recovery and he said he's in the best shape of his life right now. He looks it though. He looks healthy. Yeah. So we're rooting for Jeff Hardy here at the Half Life Podcast. So now we're on to the aftermath of Survivor Series. They canceled the TLC pay-per-view, which was going to be happening on December twelfth. War Games is going to be happening on December fifth. I'll get to my thoughts on NXT in a second when we get to the booking of WWE. But the new pay-per-view that they're having, which is going to be on January 1st, a Saturday, is called Day One. And as far as who they have like in the mix of what we can probably expect to see, 
the biggest one that was announced on Raw is Big E versus Seth Rollins. We know Seth won that fatal four-way. He was already going into a match with Big E for the WWE Championship. But now that Kevin Owens won the match with Big E by disqualification because he went and sucker punched Seth and Seth was like, no, you're not going to do that. So Seth basically got Kevin Owens into the match. So now it went from just a one-on-one to a triple threat for the WWE Championship. How do you think they're handling that booking? I actually don't mind the story. Um, First of all, I'm, I just want to say real quick on the TLC pay-per-view, I'm happy the TLC pay-per-view was canceled. I think any pay-per-view named after a specific match should be canceled. Because it limits how the match is used and when it is used. So cancel TLC, cancel Hell in a Cell, and cancel any other fucking pay-per-view they want to name after a fucking match. Remember when they had a pay-per-view called Fatal 4-Way? Naming pay-per-views after matches is fucking dumb. Well, they had Elimination Chamber, too. Elimination Chamber, you know what? Elimination Chamber and Royal Rumble, you guys can stay, okay? You guys can stay. You guys are cool. The rest of you motherfuckers got to go. Anyway, um, I think the booking is okay. I I um I like the dynamic. Um, I'm not. I'm never gonna be mad to see Kevin Owens pushed into a world title program. Um, I think that they're doing it because rumor has it that his contract is up in January or yeah. February. I'm not sure the exact month, but I, I'm pretty sure it's one of those. So. I don't know. I think Kevin's gone. I don't think, I think he's done with WWE, but, um, you know, the three of them, I feel like they play well off of each other and Seth and Kevin together is just entertaining. And then you have Big E, his first world title reign and, um, having to fend off two challenges. I feel like this is a good story, but we still need to see, I feel like for Big E, that one-on-one personal rivalry yeah. that is going to define his reign, like a bad blood rivalry. And I'm looking at the roster, and we'll talk about this when we get to booking, but it's thin, and I don't know who can give him that rivalry other than <laughs> one of his New Day brothers, and we know they're not breaking up. So that would be the boldest decision. Like mm-hmm. maybe, but they're both on SmackDown. I don't know how you would pull that, but WWE switches people's brands and doesn't really respect the brand split anyway but as far as Kevin Owens versus Seth versus Biggie I'm okay with the booking I feel like it's a solid feud a good main event program because it's three legitimate main event main eventers a current world champion a former world champion and uh, another former world champion so they've all been the top guys in the company so it's a good feud what about you Max what was the question it doesn't matter what the question was. Do you smell what Max Power is cooking? Damn. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What was the question? The feud with oh. Big E, Seth, and Kevin Owens. Uh-huh. What are your thoughts? Uh, listen, Big E's going to win, okay? Reason why, because Seth, and KO are going to be battling so much. And you know, KO, Mr. Oh, I, I tell the truth. I'm an honest person. I'm a good guy. That's going to start messing up. And then Steph is probably going to try to battle him. And Big E's going to just take over and win and retain the title. That's it. 
If you don't believe me, trust me, I guarantee. <laughs> okay. I honestly don't mind the storyline that they're doing with the three of them. I'm inter- It's interesting that they added the extra layer of Kevin Owens to it, but I think that's more of damage control, as you were saying, Alfonso, with his contract being in the balance right now. So it'll be interesting to see. But overall, I do think that um, Big E is going to come out on top of that one. And I don't know what will be next for Seth, because Seth ain't going nowhere. And Kevin, who knows? He can end up on AEW with everybody else. But speaking of Seth, Seth was attacked by a fan. Did you see that, Alfonso? <laughs> I, I showed you the clip. That Seth, was crazy. I, I'm, I'm happy everybody is okay. But <laughs> you're not, I've watched that video about 20 times, maybe more. I had a friend who does not watch wrestling send me that video. Like, it, it, it's just so funny. <laughs> and he said he did it for the bloodline. <laughs> he addressed right. Seth Rollins as Colby Lopez and said, Colby knows what he did and everyone else knows what he like <laughs> literally like I don't I don't know where his head was at, but it's like you did it for the bloodline. You did it for Roman. It's like Rikishi yeah, when he said I did it for the rock. Like, are you kidding I, me I, right I, now? Okay, but I also heard that this fan um Claims he was catfished by somebody oh my claiming to be Seth Rollins or something. Listen, whoever this fan is, I don't know his fucking name, but people like you give us wrestling fans a <laughs> bad rap. Because what in your, like, he had to be off of some drugs that night. Because that's the only thing that's going to possess a man. First of all, where were they at? Were they, they, they were in the, um. That was Barclay. Barclay, right? Yeah, that was Barclay. But Barclays um, security needs a foot up their ass. Sucks. They suck. <laughs> that man, that motherfucker, he couldn't have been moving that fast. <laughs> and nobody thought to grab him. Like, he came from the side. <laughs> and he charged. Seth was like, what the fuck? Like, he pummeled. And the security was like, and everybody starts rushing out from the back. Then they showed a clip of Becky standing at the thing like she was going to do something. Becky was waiting. Yeah. To see, like, Becky, gonna, girl. You, that wasn't a small man. He was going to tackle her ass. Becky, too. you would have been laid out, and it just would have been all bad. It's like, I think about if he would have, like. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think of the exchange, though? Like, do you think he could have took Seth? I think so. Because he caught him off guard. The way he caught him off guard, yes. Like, if Seth didn't go to put him in, like, a chokehold, yes. I, I'm going to be real. I've seen some fights, been in some. It didn't look like he, Seth had a... a no, because Seth, Seth, like, by the time Seth got him in the hold, he wasn't able to get, like, a really good grip. And that's when security came in with was, like, trying to pull dude off or whatever. And that's when Seth got up and was like, motherfucker, Bitch, like, you trying just, to hit I'm me? Just, I'm just playing. There, there's no way that guy stood a chance against Seth Rollins. Because like, he caught him fight. off guard? If it, Okay, Seth does all this crazy CrossFit, all this other stuff that he does. He was ready to choke this guy out. And if he would have got a good grip on dude, he would have done that. But because security came and, like, broke it up, and they, the whole thing that they wanted to do was get Seth out of there. So it's like, you didn't get a good grip. Security came to do their fucking job, which they weren't doing in the first place. Because there's no way somebody should have been able to come from the right side of the damn arena and bulldoze him like that. So 
Shout out to that guy protecting the bloodline. Barclays must be pulling their security in from off of the street. Because that's the only thing that could be that could explain that shit. It's crazy. So continuing on with Raw, with the Raw Women's Champion, Liv Morgan is finally getting her shot. She's not going to get her shot at a pay-per-view, but then again, WWE does some fuck shit. Who knows how that match on Raw might end up. But what do you think of Raw um, and Becky and Liv and their little storyline? Um, I'm happy to see Liv getting her moment, you know, to work with Becky. Mm-hmm. Um... I like Becky. She's a superstar. I love Becky. But um, Becky and Liv doesn't do anything to excite me. I mean, I think Liv is really good in the ring. I think Liv is very talented in the ring. Like, I think she's real good. And I think her and Becky will have a great match together. But it's not something that I'm, like, super excited to see. And hopefully when the match happens, I'm, like, blown away and, you know, but I did, I, I think, um, did Liv say to Becky, like, her contract is the reason that, um... Yeah, she was her friend, talking that, about that, the Riot that, Squad. I like, I like shit like that. That's real personal. Mm-hmm. And I like, I like when personal, I like when they blur, them, blur those lines and, like, real personal stuff gets invested in feuds because we know the outcome in wrestling is predetermined, mm-hmm. but I like when real stuff gets brought into it. That's why I really like the Charlotte and Becky match because we had heard about what was going on between them and Becky arguing with Ric Flair, who we need to talk about him one of these episodes. She's been arguing with Ric Flair. (laughs) Ric Flair has evolved into a real clown ass. Anyway. But yeah, Becky and Liv, solid women's feud. Um, But I think it's just, you know, getting Becky ready for whatever she does at the Rumble and going into Mania season. Um, So Becky and Liv is what they like to call a placeholder. Absolutely, you know, I agree. Until Becky gets to her next one. But I see Becky coming out of that feud with the World Women's title, but I'm happy that Liv is getting a chance to, you know, show her worth. What about you, Max? Well, let me touch on the first subject that I was in question about, about the young boy that jumped out the crowd. Let me touch upon <laughs> that. Young man out there, don't know who you are. Listen, okay, take the abuse. You're going to take the abuse, okay? Stay off the weed. (laughs) Damn. I'm sorry. Now, this match right here, I care less about that match, okay? (laughs) Wasn't a Becky Lynch fan. Still not. Don't think I'm ever going to be there. But Bianca Belair needs the title again and let that bitch rule the fucking WWE. And that's all I got to say, B. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I Fair agree. enough. I don't mind the title being back on Bianca. Yeah, me and I don't I think this where it belongs. So since we're on the topic of the women, did you see Naomi and Sasha team up? It's like a Team Bad reunion. You weren't in the loop then. Team yeah. Bad was Naomi, Sasha, and Tamina, the taller one you were, that was with Natalia that had the championship at oh. Mania. That was her. So I'm interested. I really wanted to see Naomi's team with um 
Bianca, but I'll take Naomi teaming with Sasha and Sasha out here in Sonya's face. Like, you ain't going to tell me that I ain't nothing. Like, I am a multi-time champion. Like, what have you done? You're not going to disrespect Naomi. So, do you think it's good that Naomi has an ally now and none other than your favorite, Sasha Banks? Yeah, they're going to stomp Sonya the fuck out. That's what's going to happen. Stomp her and um, Shayna the fuck out. But now, um, I like the Sonya and Naomi storyline and her having an ally with Sasha. But just like, you know, we want the belt back on Bianca, I'm ready to see Sasha fight for the Matter of fact, I'm ready to see Naomi or Sasha fight for the belt. Mm-hmm. Because Charlotte punking out Tony Storm is just not doing it for me. Like, I... They make they make some of these superstars look so fucking soft. Like, why are you gonna allow somebody to throw fucking pie in your face <laughs> twice and not do anything about it? You just made me not even interested <laughs> in a in a um Tony Storm Charlotte Flair match because I think Tony Storm her character's a fucking pussy. Yeah. Like, how am I supposed to believe wow. that she would beat Charlotte in a fight and she let Charlotte throw that pie on her? Like. This is, why, this is what I'm saying. WWE, whoever is booking this shit, fucking retarded. <laughs> My universe mode in fucking WWE 2K <laughs> is better than the shit that they've been putting on our TV. I mean, I'm not interested in Tony Storm versus Charlotte. It's kind of like how you said with Liv Morgan and Becky Lynch, how it's being a placeholder. But as we know, the roster is but so big. And it's not to say that there's no talented women, but the (laughs) roster is but so big. Like, so it's like if you have Becky and Charlotte at the top, because I'd be damned if they unify the titles. The girls still need to have two separate titles. Yes, 100%. That's on period. They still need to have two separate titles. But it's like, who are you really going to, you know, granted, Bailey can end up coming back into the picture. Once she gets, yeah, you know, well, healed up from her injury. Yeah, well, but it's like, the, if everything keeps circulating around the four horsewomen of Becky, Sasha, Charlotte, and Bailey, it's like, how are the other girls getting a chance? And that's not to discredit those four who have, you know, when they came up from NXT, they changed the landscape and how women were being treated in the WWE and actually, you know, you know, taken to a, a ne- the next level. And it's like, I would love to see Bianca Belair back in the picture. But it's like other yeah. than that, who do we who do they really have that's like star yeah. power? I, 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 we're talking about this now because it looks like we you know went into the booking now. Well, it overlaps. It overlaps. Yeah. So all right, if we're into the, I think that the women's division, in my opinion, right now is more star studded than the men. Mm-hmm. They have more depth. If I'm talking, you know, just those two titles. Um, the women are stars. They're just not booked right. Right. Rhea, star. Bianca, a star. The four horsewomen, we don't have to talk about them. Stars. Tony Storm could be a star. We're forgetting Oscar. Oscar's not in the picture either, right? To see her come back and see her book like the beast that she is. Um, Shayna Baszler, we saw like we've seen what these women are in NXT when they're it's, when the booking is simple. Mm-hmm. And then they come to the main roster and you got fucking the legend that used to be Vince McMahon and he starts booking these bullshit-ass storylines with these talented women 
and changing up who they are and what they do. And I think that the women's division is deep. And Rhea and Bianca, if you're talking about stars besides the four horsewomen, if I'm going to give you four women, I'll go Rhea, Bianca. We've already seen what Asuka can do against all four of those women. So I'll go Asuka and... uh. Can I pick somebody from NXT as the fourth star on this list? Okay. Because if bitch, she's WWE, you know, she's under WWE contract. I think that Io Shirai, it's time for her Ooh. to come up. Star. But I'm scared for somebody like her to, you, to leave NXT because we've seen woman after woman leave NXT and they come up to the main roster and their aura is just gone. It's like everything that makes them special is ripped away and taken Because away. Vince is hell-bent on destroying every single thing that Triple H has built, which is why NXT is not even called NXT anymore. It's called NXT 2.0. He literally takes every... Triple H literally creates the character, has them so on fire in NXT for them to be like, wow, okay, I'm moving up to the main roster because the guys in NXT are like, yeah, we don't talk to Vince because we don't really work for Vince. We work for Hunter, as they call him. We work for Triple H. Like, we don't work for Vince. So it's like when you move all these people up, hence my guy Keith Lee. Keith Lee is a prime example of them destroying something. Keith Lee not only gets the North American title, but he gets the NXT championship. And within three months, what happened? If it was even that long, then he gets to the main roster. They change his music and they said, oh, no, because we're changing everybody that was tied to those producers that we had. We're changing all of that. They changed his music. They changed his gear and then they changed his name. And then all of a sudden he's fired. Like, make it make sense, um, Vince. Make it make sense. Damn. And same thing with um, same thing with um, Carrying Cross. But I think like us talking about NXT superstars and then losing their aura. It's something that's been said for years. Like, mm-hmm. he strips them of something, and then they're just another superstar. Which is why I think Adam Cole left, because Adam Cole was like, what I did here was special, and I'm going to go to AEW or wherever else he decided to go, and I'm going to do what I want. Because you can't repl- you can't take me to the main roster and just shit on me, which is why I don't think Johnny Gargano's going to the main roster. I don't think Tommaso Ciampa's going to the main roster. I think that they're going to ride out what they can in NXT and dip. I think that what we know is NXT, especially with me watching, watching it in recent years of how it has evolutionized into this big, this huge, huge, solo brand of its own it was at its peak when they had the survivor series with both w with both raw and smackdown against nxt it was at its peak honestly nxt had the better roster than both raw and smackdown the way that they were booked the way the matches were presented the energy everything it had its like own little community there and i just don't i don't see them coming over So, and the way that Vince is, you know, reshaping this whole NXT 2.0 and all these younger guys that he's bringing in, you know, NXT has their pay-per-view. Don't be surprised when they do the War Games match if NXT, the new guys who are going against the older guys, don't be surprised when the new guys win because that's what Vince wants. Vince wants the the newer guys. I think, I think, this is, this is, if I'm going to be like the devil's advocate here, um... I think that 
I kind of get what they're doing with NXT. I mean, we love the NXT of old, but when we talk about, like, you know, superstars moving from NXT to the main roster and not being understood, now a guy like Braun, what's his name? Braun Bra- Bra- Breaker or something like that. Braun Breaker, yes. Um, I'm a real big fan of him. Nah, he's I, nice. Like, he's I, nice. Out of, out of the new NXT 2.0, he may be the new my new favorite that emerged. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it it's probably going to be easier for the superstars in NXT, the younger guys, to tra- transition to the main roster because um, they're treating NXT 2.0 like a minor league mm-hmm. or like a college before you get to the NFL or the NBA. Which like, was the whole point of it. Yeah, which was the whole point of NXT in the first place, but Triple H turned it into something that we all love, but guys were getting called up and not being understood. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's also an ego thing with Vince and WWE wanting to say, listen, this is a WWE guy. We created him. He didn't make his name somewhere else. We made him. So in that I, I understand it. Do I like it? Do I want the NXT back? The old NXT, the days of Adam Cole, Undisputed Era, um, Asta, and all that, those days, Samoa Joe, Shinsuke, when they were in NXT. Yes, I want those days back, but I understand why this change was made. So it kind of is like when you go back to the attitude era in a sense when you know you had wwe fighting against wcw how you had the likes of the Shawn michaels and the undertaker and the rock these people that were i mean granted some of those guys did were in wcw like literally briefly and nothing happened there but they're like homegrown wc wwe guys or we'll use the biggest homegrown wwe guy in john cena it's like, I I get it. I understand where you're coming from. But it's also like times are changing in wrestling. Everything is overlapping in a sense. But I get Vince wants to stay with his niche and what he knows. He wants to stay with that. But the times are different. And I guess in a sense, it's like WWE has never. It's like you for them to change a little bit. It's like they have to be in survival mode because that's how the that's how they ended up winning Monday Night Wars is they were in survival mode and it was a lot of things off the script and off the cuff there. But I feel like you need to have the best of both worlds in a sense because these homegrown guys that you want need to work with experienced wrestlers and you can't bring on something new and grow that if you don't have the experience already there. You know what? I agree with you, but I'm going to hit you with a question. Okay. So from that NXT era that we're talking about, which went from like, what do you want to say? Like 2014 to like 2020 when it was really at its peak. Okay. Fair enough. And you can list anybody who went through NXT from 2014 to 2020. And then we're going to go back to the days when Vince McMahon was making his own homegrown talent. From 2014 to 2020, Uh I'm going to list five wrestlers. And I'm going to ask you if you could name one wrestler bigger than any of these five names that went through that 2014, 2020 
that wrestled in NXT. Okay. Brock Lesnar, homegrown, OVW. Uh-huh. Um, Cena. Okay. I'm, I'm only listing four, all right? Yeah, I thought it was five, it's only four. <laughs> okay. I'm going, I'm going Brock, Cena, Batista, uh-huh. and Randy. Okay. From 2014 to 2020, can you list one wrestler bigger than any of those four names the that Miz. went through NXT? <laughs> Sandra. He said the no. Miz. <laughs> he said, huh? He said the Miz. The Miz was never in NXT from 2014 to 2020. That was the question. He was so, joking. Um, there's people that come close. Who? Who who from NX who in NXT from twenty fourteen to twenty twenty comes oh, close? Oh no, because they they, they 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 debuted the Shield, right? They debuted in twenty fourteen, so I guess they don't make the, the cut. Shield. We're not counting the Shield, and only well, you didn't say that because I I said from twenty fourteen. Well, they didn't debut until they didn't debut until what was it? Was it oh twenty twelve? Twenty twelve. God, who was in NXT in twenty fourteen? Those are the days of Neville, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. Oh, well, and then, then we transitioned to Finn and Shinsuke and yeah. Samoa Joe. So, no, 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 no. Fair enough. And the and only person from the Shield that can put himself on that list with those superstars is Roman. I know. See the shirt? <laughs> I know. But Max, what do you think about WWE and how they're booking? Being a fan of the Attitude Era and what Vince is trying to do in rebranding NXT 2.0 to have these younger homegrown talent, do you think that it's going in the right direction or does it need to have a mix of both in order for it to grow and to keep the fans engaged? Excuse me. Is my mic right? Yeah. Okay. Finally. Oh my. Max Power has come back to the Half Fright Podcast. Oh my God. You're a clown. So, Triple H, I hope you get better. My brother Leo, okay? I wish the best for you, sir. I want you to get better if you could come back. But, Vince McMahon, aka the father, a.k.a. the billion-dollar man, a.k.a. the genius. He know what he's doing. Triple H, sit your happy ass down and let Vince McMahon be as boring as he can and run this shit into the fucking ground, okay? And all you people over there in the motherfucking locker room, just shut up and dribble, okay? Let the man do the most boring shit and bore us every fucking Monday and Friday, okay? Vince know what he's doing. He's boring as shit, and he's fucking it up. Who cares? Take the abuse. Okay? On a serious note, I'm done playing around. Vince McMahon is really fucking it up. I love wrestling. The Attitude Era was probably one of the greatest eras. I was watching a documentary. What was it? Um, the Ruthless the Aggression. The Ruthless Aggression. Wow. If you haven't seen that one, it's a good one. I watched that, and it was pretty entertaining, but... You know, Vince McMahon, the direction that he's starting to go with right now and switching up NXT, the new 2.0, I don't really like it. The NXT, when it was during the pandemic, that was extremely entertaining. 
I, I, to me, I just tapped into that little market. It was entertaining. Shouts out to Triple H. But what Vince is doing right now, and he's changing people, and I don't think he's going in the right direction. But, hey, what can I say? I'm just a nigga. So I'm not going to touch on that, but shouts out to you. Well, what's your pick? You said you go for the wrong direction. So you think that he should have a mix of both and not just focus on the homegrown talent? Big facts. Big facts. Okay, I guess it's each. Well, I, I I agree. I agree with you on that. But the the homegrown talent, the older guys in NXT that aren't homegrown and are brought in, they just need to be used to put the newer guys over. But you mm-hmm. need the older guys. That's what I'm saying. You need to have that best of both worlds. Because when you have yeah. someone that's been, you know, on the indie scene or because you don't have guys coming in anymore that haven't wrestled somewhere else. It's like WWE is not the Alpha Omega anymore for people. They like being able to jump around and do whatever they want to do. It's like when you look at the Hardys and everywhere that they've been, Ring of Honor, Impact, now Matt is over on AEW. It's like anywhere you could think about wrestling and to know that Jeff Hardy actually started wrestling with WWE at 16. 16. Crazy. Shit, I don't know what I was doing at 16. Crazy. I did not know that he was wrestling at 16 years old with the WWE. He was actually playing um, a sport in high school, and his coach was like, oh, you wrestled with WWE? Like, you, you wrestled and, like, got paid for it? And he's like, yeah, I got paid. And he was like, yeah, so you can't play the sport anymore because it's like NCAA, like, you can't get paid for it or whatever. So it was interesting to find that out. But overall, I, I feel like, Vince is so stubborn and doesn't want to adjust with the times. And it's like, even when you think of like these younger guys, because a lot of these guys that were let go in, you know, this massacre of exile that he's been doing all year, these were younger guys. These were hit row. Were they old? No. They weren't old. I mean, and that's just a recent example. Nia Jax, I mean, she's in her 30s, but if you still got Natalia around, why can't you keep her? Becky's not a spring chicken. Charlotte's in her mid-30s. Okay, now listen. I like Nia. I'm a fan of her. But I ain't said no... I mean, I don't want anybody to lose their job. But now we acting like we big Nia Jax fans. I'm not acting like I'm a big fan. People have been calling for that woman's job for years. They have been saying she, she has been she has been deemed reckless in the ring. Hence Becky and her concussion and broken nose. Yes. Becky she 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 attacked Nia's fist, okay? <laughs> I was like, Becky, no, don't do it. She was like, I wanna hit it so hard in his bow. I was like, Dude. so But my point is is that a lot of these people, we can't say that these were all older guys that he just let go that were from, you know, NXT or even on the main roster. Like, Keith Lee, what was wrong with that? Karrion Cross, you literally, he needed um, old girl with him because I don't know what type of BDSM Vince was trying to do when he brought him to the main roster. I don't know what the fuck that was. I mean, someone like Samoa Joe... He's experienced, but he's better behind the scenes being a coach because Samoa Joe couldn't stay healthy at that point. So I get getting rid of someone like Samoa Joe, but a lot of these people that they let go of. Hold up, they released Samoa again? 
Yeah, I think Samoa Joe's gone. Google that. It's Googleable. We about to Google it. It's Googleable. Shout out to Ye. You gotta get the drink, champs. Ring the bell. What? Did you just mention another podcast? What? Oh, he is still there. I thought they let him go. Oh, they did let him go, but then they brought him back. He's just uh, not who raised? He's just not doing it. He's not doing anything. So I don't know if he is behind the scenes. Uh, who raised? <laughs> he's okay. He's so, but my point: if they let go of someone like him from the, like actually wrestling and just have him as a coach backstage, then fine. He's on NXT, but I don't know what Vince is. I don't know what Vince is where he's going with it, and I'm interested in what the future is going to hold. But quickly wrapping up the current storylines that, that are still bubbling. Brock Lesnar, we don't know what's going on with Brock. He's coming back, apparently. And I think that's the only interesting thing. That's how you're going to be able to keep, un, until they do, which ultimately is going to be the end of the bloodline when they do Roman versus Rock. Because that's what Vince is pushing for. I don't know why Vince is back in the picture talking to Austin Theory. I'm not interested. He can just stay behind the desk and do whatever he does. But keep Austin back there with him. Yeah, I'm not interested in Austin either. Um, there's a lot of things that Austin has done. You can Google it yourself. <laughs> so if anyone should have been released and stayed released, it should have been Austin. And if you're questioning why, then you live under a rock. Dang. But... um. Until they get to that Roman and Rock point, you have to keep Brock and Roman in the same type of storyline. And I think it's interesting because Paul Heyman, being that middleman, who you going to rock with? You going to rock with your OG or you going to rock with the Chief? When is WrestleMania? I think it's going to be in April. April. Yeah. Yeah, they can't stretch this Brock shit and Roman shit for about another five months. I'm sorry. They're not gonna do I that. think they will. I'll, I'll no, they're the going plan. to take breaks in between and keep the, bringing it back. The plan, yo, I wouldn't be surprised if, um, and this is this is an early, early, super early prediction. I wouldn't be surprised if Brock Lesnar won the freaking Royal Rumble. <laughs> he doesn't need to win the Royal Rumble to get a title match. He doesn't. But he could show his dominance. Win the Royal Rumble. But he was in the Royal Rumble before. Drew McIntyre. Things I don't want to see. I'm good on Drew. I do think that Drew, based on the pandemic and what happened, he could get a do-over just to be able to have that moment in front of fans. But I'm good. I'm good on Drew. Drew needs to turn heel. If he turns heel and and takes the championship, then cool. Drew is a better heel than he is a face. Yes, but it worked when he was crash, going against Brock. It worked. With the 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 sword shit, somebody thinks that shit is cool. That shit is cringe as fuck. I'm like cool <laughs> Drew McIntyre coming out badass, the Scottish psychopath. I need to see a hell Drew McIntyre. Way better. Way better. So we don't know what's gonna happen with Brock and Roman and the bloodline as a whole. Um, two more things I want to touch on. What do you think of Edge versus Miz? Edge has returned, and I think that it's interesting that he's going after the Miz. It's kind of okay, not to disrespect the Miz. It's kind of a downgrade from what he did with Seth. It's a little bit, a little bit of a downgrade. But what are your thoughts on Edge and Miz and this brewing storyline that they seem to be working on? 
I just want to say that Edge may be currently mm-hmm. the best talker in the business, bro. Mm-hmm. He's, he makes you believe in the shit that he's saying. Like, I always believe that Edge is fire on the mic, but since returning, it's just he's on a different level. And maybe it's because of, you know, the acting he did while, you know, he wasn't cleared to wrestle. But I think Edge and Miz, it's a good placeholder feud. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the Miz is a superstar when he's got Maurice by his side. Yeah. She elevates his whole character. I buy the Miz as a main event champion with Maurice by his side. She just does something for him. She looks fire Maurice, on Raw. Yes, Maurice, she brings, like, something to the Miz's character. And he's good on his own, like, you know, but I feel like him and Maurice on screen together, I buy that view with um, Edge versus Miz. I'm interested in it. Is, yeah. it. is it interesting as Seth and Edge? No, but, you know, Edge needs a cool-down view. He... Um, I don't really think he was needed back on TV until the Rumble. It's like, they all, like, Edge is returning. Edge is returning. We've been hearing Edge is returning since he returned. <laughs> so I think they kind of watered that shit down. Like, just announced, oh, Edge is appearing next week. Like, it's always Edge returns. Edge returns. Edge returns. How many fucking returns is Edge going to fucking have? I don't know. But you have a point. They could have let him, left him into the 2022 and then bring them back then. Did you see anything with Edge and, and Miz? What do you think of those two? Uh, did not see it, but those matches do not tickle my fancy. What do you think about Edge being back in general? Uh, who cares? He's a GOAT. He's a Hall of Famer. You feel me? I don't really care too much about it. You feel me? He done a lot, especially during the pandemic, so... Right now, he's just having fun and doing what he wants. So, shouts out to him. Whatever he wants to do, I'm for it. I'm entertained. So, with everything wrapping up for 2021 in wrestling and looking into 2022 WWE, do you see this ship sinking, Alfonso? No. The WWE ship never sinks. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's it's just possible. No, there's just no way, like, there's no way this ship sinks. Like, it's WWE. We're going to watch. We're going to talk about it regardless of the dumb shit that they do that we don't like. So this ship will not sink in 2022. Max? I can agree with that. You know, doesn't matter who's the face of the league. We're still going to watch it because of that brand, WWE. So I don't think it's going to go down for the true fans that love this particular era. I think we're getting to that age, and it's like, oh, it sucks or whatever. We're, we're like those old people that said, in my era. So <laughs> that's what it's starting to look like. So it's still going to be whatever it is. I don't think it's going to tank. But does it suck? Mm. I would have to agree. I don't see this ship that is just, it's kind of stagnant right now because they're, he's trying to try something new as in he, as in Vince is, you know, trying to create this homegrown talent. Um, I feel like raw and SmackDown as a whole could be better. Um, 
as you mentioned, Alfonso, with the women's division being stronger and having more depth, the women's matches need to be longer than how they book them. And it's not, I don't think it's really possible with how much money they're making for them to ever sync between the money that they have and the deals that they have. And we're on USA, we're on Fox, we have the Peacock deals, forget the WWE Network, we go to Saudi and have that show and make billions over there. It's like financially, of course they can't sync, but the product, people are not going to stop watching it. Like seeing those two little kids as Survivor Series shows me that this is just as relevant for them as it was when I was eight years old watching The Rock and Triple H and just as excited, hoping that I would get the chance to one day go and watch it. Seeing that just shows that that magic is still there. And as you mentioned, Max, of we're at that age now where it's like we see through the bullshit. We see what you're doing. We can sit here and talk about the booking and how it could be better. But that magic is still there for the kids. And when you look in those seats... That is who the fuck is there. There's kids and parents are still watching it. You know, all of us getting to that age or, you know, whether you have nephews, kids of your own, like nieces, kids are getting to that age of discovering this and parents that may have tapped out are tapping back in because their kids enjoy it. And then it's like the in my era or in my day, because there was a guy in front of me with his daughter And she didn't know what was really going on. She was a little lost. And it's like he was breaking everything down to her and just and as each match went on and when the girls came out, her eyes lit up like she was so excited to see all these women out there. So because WWE has that sweet spot of still being able to cater to the kids and superstars breaking character at the drop of a dime for the kids that's they're they're not it's not gonna sink i mean will we end up tapping in and like tapping out and things not being as interesting to us because it's like you've watched it the magic is not the same when you are in your mid-20s to 30s as it is when you were you know eight to 13 pretty much the the magic is not the same so i don't it's no it's not gonna sink Um, But it'll be interesting to see what they do with NXT. It'll be interesting to see if there's going to be another wave of people getting fired before the end of 2021. It's about three weeks left. The roster can't take any more losses. Yeah, yeah, I don't. That roster's thin enough. I just don't like when they say because of budget cuts. Like, don't don't do that. Just be like, I don't want you no more. Don't 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 say it's because of money, because y'all got the money. Don't do that. So I don't No, it's not going to sink. It's not going to sink. But it'll be interesting to see what they do. But as long as they got kids watching, they'll be all right. Because when you look at the wrestlers now, they're like, I remember when I was such and such age and they go back to being, you know, kids or teenagers watching their first or getting to their first pay-per-view and how, you know, nostalgic that was for them. And now they're taking their kids to see it. So that nostalgia effect is going to keep WWE smooth sailing and the money is always going to come in. So that's it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you, Fonz. Thank you, Max. I'm Lakia. You can follow us on Twitter 
at half right underscore pod. That's where we're the most active. And follow us on Instagram at the half right podcast. And we'll see you guys in our next episode. Stay tuned to the Half Right Podcast.